Coming out of that short week, it's kind of a quiet start to the new week on Wall Street, but that's because there's just not a lot going on. Not much in the way of major economic news or earnings reports, but all that's about to change. Starts with some major economic news coming Wednesday, and then the anticipation, the kickoff of earnings season, which means that we pay even more attention than usual to briefing.com because they tell us, what the economic numbers ought to be and what the earnings are going to be. And we also read page one of the big picture that's edited by the chief market analyst for briefing.com, Patrick J. O'Hare, who joins us right now. It's good to have you with us. Hello, David. Great to be back with you again. So, Pat, what are we looking for this time around? First of all, I guess in sequence, the big deal has got to be the inflation. We get the Consumer Price Index Wednesday. That's right. The June Consumer Price Index does come out on Wednesday before the open. Uh, gets released at 8.30 a.m. Eastern Time, and it's certain to be a uh, a market-moving catalyst uh, because of, well, inflation data is ultimately super important these days for a lot of reasons, but certainly in the eyes of the Fed, which is trying to get uh, that uh, core component uh, down to its 2% target as soon as possible. Um, and so we're going to get some insight here as it relates to um, you know how how things are trending there, um, I think the previews that everyone's putting out, of course, are, are implying that you're going to see a great deal of improvement in headline inflation. Right, that uh, includes everything. Um, could possibly see a three handle on that, or should see a three handle on that, which is great to, which to would know. Be up dot three percent. Yeah, uh, three three percent uh, a three. 3.1 is really the consensus estimate for year over year. For year over in year. Terms, right. And to, that includes food and energy. Now, uh, when you exclude food and energy, that's where things get a little stickier, if you will. And that's what uh, is really the what is keeping the, the Fed preoccupied. Um, you know, there you're likely to see, uh, you know, inflation rates stay up about 5% year over year. And while that's an improvement in from past months on a year-over-year -year basis, it's still well too, you know, far too high for the Fed's liking. You know, I heard one analyst, uh, a Redwood analyst, I guess this morning, a former Merrill Lynch analyst who's gone off on his own, Tom Lee, suggesting that there was an upside surprise that could be there. He thought his calculations, especially based on uh, car price, used car prices coming down and that sort of thing, is that we could have a, a, a positive surprise, a lower-than-expected CPI, which would be the catalyst for a big market rally. That's right. You know, he made a very uh, uh, provocative call. If you will, it's a tactical call. He thinks that the SP 500 can rally as many as 100 points, uh, frankly, in the very near term. If you get a core CPI number that's 0.2% or less, and he's thinking that there's a pretty good likelihood that we'll see that here uh, in this June report as he takes into account, like you said, you know, falling used cars prices, a moderation in, in shelter costs, um, you know, just generally improving prices. Uh, and he thinks that that if we get that type of number, uh, it's certainly going to be fuel for a rally in the Treasury market, uh, particularly at the front end of the curve, which is more sensitive to changes in Fed funds rates. And, of course, that then would uh you know essentially drive this thinking in the marketplace in general that the fed is making great progress in getting inflation down and that we're very much indeed close to the end of that fed tightening cycle and stocks should like that as uh as some is what part of his premise is then of course like i say the next big thing is we got a couple of earnings reports out on thursday but the the big one all the banks 
we start getting a bunch of the banks and United Health, I know, will be mm-hmm. which is always a market moving stock. Uh, on Friday, there had been a sort of this conventional wisdom that that corporate America didn't realize a slowdown and they had not adjusted their earnings, you know, enough and hadn't brought them mm-hmm. down. Now beginning to see that that maybe they have. Right. Well, I don't, it, it sounds uh, paradoxical to say this, but, you know, earnings are expected to decline seven and a half percent year over year. Uh, yet the bar of expectations for this reporting period is high. Um, so uh, and, and what I'm driving at really is that, you know, coming off the first quarter reporting period, that turned out to be much better than feared. Uh, and margins held up reasonably well. Pricing power held up reasonably well. Uh, and so it created this expectation, you know, that we should see uh, something similar here as we move into the Q2 reporting period. But you also have a market, the market cap weighted S&P 500 certainly traded at a uh, at a premium valuation here. It's 19 times forward 12-month earnings. That's a premium to the 10-year average, which is around 17.4 times. And so expectations are naturally higher that these companies are going to be able to meet uh, their earnings estimates, but importantly, uh, provide the guidance that substantiates the more positive-looking consensus estimates for the back half of the year, uh, which call for modest growth, very small growth in the third quarter, and then uh, getting back into a higher growth rate for the fourth quarter. And if you do not get that guidance, then you've got you're going to have stocks that are trading at premium valuations, presumably run into some uh, some issues there, and probably. Uh, start backtracking um, some here, which could hold up the broader market. Well, of course, we're. I mean, you're you're right. I mean, maybe we're not quite priced to perfection, but we had a much better first half of the year than anybody, almost anybody thought. Anybody that I saw thought, and and the concern is that you know that there's more bad news to come. But also, it sure looks like we're getting closer to maybe a soft landing and maybe avoiding a recession. Right. Well, that was part of the reason, I, you know, why the market did move the way that it did. Now, to be fair, a lot of the, those gains were driven by those seven or eight mega cap stocks. Right. I'm sure you've discussed that in the past here. And but we did see some broadening out of the participation as we moved through June, which was an encouraging sign. And that happened because the market was feeling better about the idea that we can avoid a hard landing and the Fed is close to being done with raising interest rates. And so that's all that's all good. And so, you know, what has yet to uh, really show up in any type of foreshad is the so-called lag effect of prior rate hikes. And so that's what does have uh, people feeling, you know, a little bit uneasy under the surface here uh, as, as we move further into 2023 and we move further away from the Fed's first rate hike, you know, in March of 2022. And so the concern is that you're going to eventually see that lag effect. And when you throw on top of that the possibility that banks are going to be a little stricter with their, you know, with their lending standards and where demand for credit is going to be less or lower because of the higher rates, you know, you can run into um, some economic problems down the road. But to your point is that we still do appear to be on track for a soft landing here. And 2023 is is progressing reasonably well. So um so the the issue probably becomes more a case of what we see in 2024 uh as we you know in terms of economic growth you know maybe falling into that contraction state 
But uh, as of yet, because we have that continued strength in the labor market, there's a continued belief that the economy can indeed manage a soft landing here. You know, it's easy to, to look at the market. Everybody looks at their own portfolios. And, you know, you're an island. You look at this market and our economy and our economic indicators. But one of the things you point out, especially in your columns, your big picture columns, is that uh, there is this macro economy. There is a global economy out there. And I I really think I saw it hit us last week. I saw Hong Kong and Shanghai get slammed, and then all the European markets were down. Next thing I know, we're selling off. And somebody saying, "Oh well, it's uh, you know it's politics or whatever else," but it, it looks like we we easily get sort of caught up in these global headwinds, and we get a the wind to our back occasionally there there too. Well, that's right, and I I think we we can't forget that it's not just the Fed that's been raising rates aggressively, you know, over the last year. You've had the ECB, you know, the Bank of Canada, the Reserve Bank of Australia. Um, you know, these banks also have been in an aggressive tightening cycle. And so their economies should ultimately feel the lag effect of those rate hikes as well. And so all of these major central banks, barring the Bank of Japan and the People's Bank of China, have been raising rates aggressively. And so there's, uh, you know, textbooks, what have you, uh, would seemingly lead you to a conclusion that would suggest that um, there should be a, a notable slowdown because of those higher rates. And while we do see there is some slowing, no question about it, uh, but you're not seeing the type of uh, uh, contraction that a lot of people have been forecasting as of yet. And it has a, really, in, case, in the case of the U.S., certainly, uh, has everything to do with the strength of that labor market, uh, which is keeping uh, consumers earning money and, uh, and obviously keeps them spending money. And that's super important for an economy that derives roughly close to 70 percent of gdp from consumer spending well maybe we can cruise for a couple of days and pick it back up and watch the inflation numbers wednesday and then the the earnings parade which will go on i guess for the next three weeks or so which is always job security for you i know you like <laughs> pat o'hare is the chief market analyst for briefing.com we always enjoy our conversations thank you very much sir Thank you, David. Have a great day. Thanks. For more of our conversation, go to krld.com slash CEO. I'm David Johnson, News Radio 1080 KRLD.